We finally have two finalists, uh, but we're going to break down the semifinals first. Uh, the ones between Atlas and Tigres, very dramatic. And then also Pachuca and America, the gift that keeps giving. Uh, a quick shout out to Chivas Femenil. They were able to close the show at home and uh, they got a victory in a global and they are the champions of Liga MX Femenil. If I sound a little bit tired it's because I, I almost fell asleep watching that game. <laughs> it was uh it was just not a good game. Full house no, they sold out. They sold uh, about forty five thou at a sixty five. I mean that's not bad, man. But I think they're not doing um they're still having the COVID restrictions, I think. Uh yeah. It looked good though. And and monkeypox uh, prevention. <laughs> monkeypox prevention. All right, let me put the little. Hello, everybody! Welcome back to Cantina Mex Football Podcast, episode three three six. We finally have two finalists, Atlas and Pachuca. And we're going to be talking about the semifinals that led up to this final and our predictions. And also some uh, some coach movements inside of Liga MX and much, much more. Joining me tonight, we are on Twitter Spaces, so feel free to hop in on the conversation. And we're also broadcasting live on YouTube if you want to send us a chat. But before I go any further, let me welcome Joel to the podcast. Joel, how are we doing? Doing good, man. Although I did miss that Tigres game, so I can't. Oh, man, I missed that game, too, and what a game it was. <laughs> we had Atlas midweek handle business at home and had a 3-0 victory in front of their home crowd. And uh, everybody was talking shit about Gignac. Hey, where is he? He didn't show up. You know, he's overrated. He's French. And uh, in the second leg... Quinones scored a fourth goal, a fourth goal, and put basically put the nail in the coffin right there at the 45th minute. And I don't know what kind of speech Piojo had at halftime. I don't know if he got on a stepladder and, and talked down to his players or whatever. <laughs> whatever he needed to do, maybe they did a line of coke or something. But in that second half, they were coming out like demon time. André Pierre Gignac. Just put the team on his back, scored a hat trick, and Atlas were starting to cave in. Tigres scored a fourth goal with nine minutes left, and it just the whole place just the roof was it was it was absolutely insane. But unfortunately, at the very last minute, a questionable penalty kick call, and Aldo Rocha just just a dagger to the heart of, of Tigres and the fan base. And in a anti-dramatic uh, way, Atlas will be defending their title and having an opportunity to uh, to be a B-campeon. It's only ever happened twice in, in the history of Liga MX. Yeah. Yeah, well, in the history of Torneos Cortos. Yeah, Torneos Cortos, that's right. Yeah, man. Um, 
we did talk about two things happening in the last pod. One was uh, Gignac being on fire. And the second one that Piojo's teams, you know, that they go down with a fight. Because yeah. that, that 3-0 just looked, you know, it, it did not seem uh, fitting of, of his teams. And, yeah, they almost pulled it off. They almost pulled it off now. Well, there is a little bit of controversy, a little bit of maybe uh, La, La Mana Negra, some, something going on behind the scenes because the uh, the referee was being picked by uh, Atlas's brother, if I'm not mistaken. Like the owner of Atlas, his brother is the one that, that calls the shots. Yeah, but, but the way you say it sounds wrong. Oh. <laughs> no, uh, you mean the arbitro, the head of the... The head the of referee commission. Uh huh. So he's related to someone in Atlas. Like the brother. He's like a brother. Yeah, and well, this goes back to last season when when they when they played America, and America had a player that was on the bench. Who was not registered, but America. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. America removed them. They removed them from the bench for the second half. So they he put them in the the stands. I remember. Yeah, but so then the FMF they still they gave America had won that game. They gave them the loss. They, they um because of that. I, I don't know if Padlas. It was an ineligible player, and they. They won that I match. I don't know if they complained, though. But, yeah, they, they gave Atlas, they reversed the decision. They gave Atlas the win with a three-goal lead. Yeah, 3-0 forfeit. They, mm-hmm. that ended, and, you know, that kind of opened their – they ended up, after that, getting their wins and going into the Liguilla and winning. Uh, where it bothered me was because it affected Chivas, which they would have finished eighth. They ended up going to ninth. Oh, on points. Um, but but um, just really quick, and we did talk about this here back then, there is precedence uh, years back when Tigres actually played three games. I forget the name of the player. It was a Brazilian. And they had them replay those games. Wow. So, so I did find it, at least in that, you know, that I think America would have been you know, if they would have had that option of, of uh, just replaying the match. Uh, but I think I think because the player didn't play, at least the fine at, at the you know, at the least. But I don't I don't think it was to that point. And it surprised me that America didn't seem to make a big stink about it. You know, they just they took the L and they went on and did their own thing. Um, and so now we, we, we're going to see, you know, oh, we're going to see what's going on there yeah. because now they, now they face Atlas and it's sort of at this point, you kind of, you know, it's kind of hard to deny that there's been some influence, favoritism. Yeah. And influence too, for, for the Rojinegros. Okay. I found it. Sorry. Oh, wait, wait, they're uh, not playing, they're playing, they're playing Pachuca, man. Where am I? 
Inigo Riestra is his name. He's the secretary general of the FMF. And he is the one who chooses the referees for the matches. And he is above Arturo Bricio. And he is the brother of Jose Riestra, who is the president of Atlas. Damn. <laughs> See, that's, that's when... Uh... That's when you need the federation to be separate from the clubs because then you avoid things like that. But it, that's never been the case in Liga IMX as long as it's been a professional. Because once it became professional, it's the teams basically took over all the football. But at one point, um, the teams did not control the, the federación. In the corporate world, this is nepotism, conflict of interest, you know, to have uh, a sibling kind of be in charge of something that at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's the reason why Atlas are in the final. I just like I get very like nervous when I see a referee just give out way too many penalties because um, there's like a guilty conscience there. Two of Tigres's four goals were, were from PKs. Let's not forget that. So he did give Tigres like two PKs. But I do feel like the referee, when you when you do more than one PK in a game, you kinda wanna like balance it out and and you know, you'll give them the benefit of the doubt and you'll give the other team a PK. I've seen this happen multiple times. Like you look at any game where there was more than one PK, and you can kind of see that it's like a makeup call from from one that was maybe not that probably wasn't a PK. But to do that at the at the, at that time, man, like Literally like ninety something minutes in. Oh man! I mean, it was the hundredth minute when he scored. I mean, and and Noel Guzman, I've never seen this in my entire life. He started crying before he even took the PK. He was crying, bro. I'm like, what kind of forty chess is going on right now? He messed up against Chivas, I believe, in the I said in the first match. Yeah, he's a good keeper, but he's he's been. He's choked in some key moments there. Yeah, he has. And he ended up getting a red card, lost his head, and and Diggis are uh, the second best team in the league, ended up getting eliminated. On the other side, America and Pachuca played each other. And in that first leg, America was actually winning. And it looked like they were going to get away with uh, a, a good lead. But uh, Nicolás Ibañez tied it up with eight minutes to spare. And in the return leg in Pachuca, it was a blowout, 3-0. And the memes started pouring in. And uh, the best team in the league has the opportunity to uh, to take the title away from Atlas. In the end, are you are you happy with Pachuca-Atlas? Do you like this, this matchup? I do, although I, I would have preferred, I don't know why I'm saying this, I would have preferred America. <laughs> Same. It would have made a more interesting uh, matchup. Uh, but yeah, Pachuca. And, and this is, this is a, you know, what we're seeing is these are the teams that, that operate, they have a certain way of operating, uh, I should say managing the clubs. A group of Pachuca, of course, were first to do it. And then uh, Grupo Orlegi. Because look at, look at how successful Orlegi was with 
Santos Laguna. Um, they won. They were winning a championship pretty much every three years. Every three, four years, they were winning or fighting for a campeonato. Um, and with Atlas, pretty similar. It took them two years to win. And now they're, you know, they could, they could double it, right, you know, really quick. And uh, it, it's a bit different from how we've used to seeing other teams in Liga MX, how they would manage the club, how they would pretty much bring in a coach and then let the coach build a team. And then they would fire that coach mid-season or, or by the second season and some other guy will come in and it would just be a mess. Um, this is just a bit more, obviously more professional the way they go about it to the point where it doesn't matter that much who the coach is. Because uh, Pachuca, right, last season, they weren't that good. And then all seems like all of a sudden... Um, they turned things around. They turned, but it's not, it's not like they just turned it around. It's part of their, you know, they follow a proceso and eventually it pays off. Well, That's kind of what yeah. it is at that point where it's like, they know which players are they're going to um, promote or have in the first team or who are going to be their key players. They know all of that. Um, they have that, that, that continuity and whatnot. So it's, it's, I would, I would say way better than when it's like some guy comes in and he wants to build a squad that he likes, but then when he leaves, right, the next coach wants something else. And it's like, you're, you're starting from scratch almost like you're kind of hitting that reset button all the time. pachuca has been doing a great thing, obviously, in both the men and women's side. Uh, they unfortunately lost today uh, to Chivas in the Liga Femenil side of things, but still still sign of, of a good and well orga- organization, you know, that they're competing for, for chips and uh, mostly homegrown talent as well. Yeah, and, and those teams, I mean, Atlas should, you know, in the past, they've had one of the best canteras, and I think they're going to continue working on that because Santos has a good cantera as well. So I, I could see them, I could see them uh, just, you know, s- staying competitive. I mean, as long as Orlegi is there, I, I could see Atlas, they, they're going to continue being being one of the teams that are that are going to be fighting year in, year out. If I'm a Santos fan, I'll be a bit worried, you know. We've joked here that Orlegi might turn them into the red-headed stepchild. <laughs> or they just, you know, they're going to put the majority of their chips in the Atlas basket because the Atlas is just like Santos for all everything they won and how good they've done. They just, they still didn't... Um, you know, they're still not seen as as a more as a bigger club, um, you know, or, or more threatening, you know. Very similar to sort of Pachuca as well. Even and they've been successful for a while now. They still don't get much much respect. Um but I think Carlos because they've been around for so well Pachuca's been around longer. But I should say in in Primera División uh, they just have that, and I, I guess it's also being tied to a big city. 
you know, they just so much more influential. And I, I could see Atlas if they maintained, even if they maintained the pace that Santos had, uh, just becoming more popular and, and eventually one of the one of the main teams, one of the considered main teams, you know. Absolutely. It's just a bigger market in Guadalajara. And I'll be honest, you know, even though they are, I guess, a rival for, for Chivas, uh, just for the city of Guadalajara, uh, I do like seeing a, a team in the final from that city. And, you know, they are the current champions. So it's refreshing to see some consistent consistency in the league. I mean, we're talking about the best team in the league, you know, as far as the regular season, Pachuca had the most points. They were the most consistent. And then you have the, the current champs. So I think it's a fair fight. And I see it pretty even. I just really hope that in the final that the gloves are off and there's no, you know, some uh, some strings being pulled in the background. I, I do want it to be a clean fight. Yeah, well, we'll see, man. We'll see what happens there. Uh there's been rumors in the past that Pachuca has, they would send gift baskets and whatnot, but I'll leave it as rumors. I think uh, with Atlas, it's pretty clear because it's it's obvious. It's out in the open, and so that cast that shadow over it. But in the past, we did see um, America would get a lot of flack. You know, I grew up hearing how they would steal campeonatos, and then... If you look at what was going on, they didn't really do that. <laughs> but, you know, the saying, you repeat something uh, long enough, it eventually becomes true. And so I guess the only one where I wouldn't say they stole it, they just it just became legit, was the Pro de 85, because that wasn't supposed to be a league title. It was supposed to be like a cup title. And if you look, and if you look at the um, cups, like the league cup, that's not the one they lifted. You know, like the the trophy that was given to the champion. They lifted a cup that was made just for that tournament. Uh, they weren't the only team though that did that. That turn a like a mini tourney, which they Mexico did for the '70 World Cup and '86 World Cup. They made they, instead of having the league, they made like mini tourneys. That's like. Uh... And, Claiming the Copa por Mexico as a legit title for, for well, it is, but it's like <laughs> saying, well, it's not Copa for Mexico, it's Copa MX. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or no, this counts as the league. Yeah, so this counts as a this start. This counts Cruz as a start. Monterrey Cruz Azul did that too. Uh, they got these titles that were meant as tournaments, and somewhere down the line, they were like, well, it was played, you know, like they say, well, we did play this instead of the league, so just, you know. Just make it count, bro. And it's it's there, dude. It's on the official. I mean, there's a little asterisk. That's why you. That's why they're not called league. If you see it, it'll be uh, one of them is what Mexico '85, I think. No, Brode, Brode '85 in Mexico '86, and then uh, I forgot what the others are called. But yeah, man. What's, so where does it go from here as far as Fernando Ortiz? He was named the interim coach for America, turned things around, got them to a semi. 
do you dump them? Do you kick them out to the curb? You know, because they were able, they weren't able to uh, to clinch a, a league final, or do you give him the opportunity to to stay there? Has he earned his stripes? That's that's where you see the liguilla, man. Where the liguilla kind of messes things up, like at least the perspective of things, because it's one or two bad games, and they make it seem like you suck all of a sudden. I mean, we were you know, we it, were on that Dick Chain uh, train, man. <laughs> I still am, dude. I, I'm still <laughs> changing here. And if you see how, how dude, he, uh, how Chivas played them, they, you know, they, they put them to the test, and, and that's a, they're playing a much stronger team. It's not like they were even, or the better team. Um, but no, I, I think Ortiz has done a good job, but I don't think he's, I don't know, I don't know. I would like to hear from the Americanistas if he uh, if he convinced them, you know, they want to keep him in they want to keep him in the nido. Um, but I I think that's when you get Liguilla and you know one bad night can ruin it for you as we saw with Tigres at three zero loss where had they scored at least one goal, you know things would have been looking different for them. Um, and they were they were at home right when they lost three zero. Uh no, Pachuca, Pachuca. Um, no, no, Tigres when they lost the first game to Atlas. Atlas, Atlas won at home, and then they went oh, to. They were, uh, they yeah. away. They were away. Yeah, still, man. Uh, Absolutely. No, I, I, I do. I, I think he he did enough to uh, to think the other guy that sort of disappeared was Larcamon. He was. Hot sauce all the way to Liguilla, almost to the end, because then the team sort of faltered. And then they, uh, you know, nobody's talking about him anymore. Well, Larcamona secured another extension with Puebla, so he will stay there and continue his coaching uh, career there. But I I do agree that his hype and uh, his market value, I think, had had a subtle drop. But, you know, I still think he's a good coach. That's the thing with Liguilla. They they sort of seems to erase what you did throughout the season. And all of a sudden, it's like it didn't count. Or, like, nobody cares. I mean, for (laughs) what he did with Puebla. It's not what have you done for me. It's what have you done for me now. (laughs) I mean, for them to finish in fifth place, I mean, that's pretty impressive. Now, you know, they did have a really bad string of games to end the season. But still, I mean... I mean, Puebla is uh, is a minnow team. They're a small club, and for him to do what they are doing with the with the salary restrictions and the type of talent, I mean, it's it's impressive. But uh, if you're out there on Twitter Spaces and you you want to have a hot take or you have something to say about the the semis or or your predictions for the final, feel free to uh, request to speak. Uh, me and Joel will will keep going. Um, but overall, I mean, I think in this one, it's pretty even keeled. I don't know, man. I, I kind of want Atlas to defend their title because it's only happened twice in the short seasons. Uh, Pumas did it first, and then Leon. And then Leon is right, and damn. You imagine being an Atlas fan and not winning since 1951, and you come back and win two back to back? That'd be. That's it, man. That's a wrap. 
<laughs> I feel like an Atlas fan can die happy, you know? <laughs> can lightning strike twice? We'll see. Yeah, no, man. Uh, not denying with this group, which, you know, Grupo Orlegi and, and their goal ultimately is to go to Europe. So, and because that's what the owner has talked about. Uh, he wants to uh, eventually buy a team either in La Liga or in the Premier League. And then... Uh, Damn. So, I mean, who knows if... Does he have deep... Work does he have deep pockets like that? Because that's... No, I guess it would be with, like, group, you know. Yeah. He, it wouldn't be just him. But then that's... You're sort of competing with oil money. And that's, you know... Looking at billion dollar teams at this point, uh, but who knows, man? If he could make it work, you know, doing bargain buys in South America, I don't know if that well pay off over there. I I think it's unrealistic for him to own a Premier League team, but or is it not unrealistic? I mean, it's he could own it because the the Premier League is is a different animal, man. Um, but. In Spain, they are obviously very, very desperate for some new money um, now that Mbappé has decided to stay at Paris and a lot of money has been lost on that decision. Um, the league itself is actually suing Mbappé for for uh, for, scrub, for snuffing them. Wait, they're suing PSV, no? They're suing PSG. I mean, PSG. PSG, but well, I mean, with the contract that they gave Mbappe, he's basically the the president now. <laughs> they gave him, just, they gave him, he's just not a player. He's they gave him full president. admin control, man. <laughs> That's crazy. I I don't know how how much I believe of that, but man, like over over, what's his face, Neymar? Even Messi's been a dud there, man. I I, I think. Uh, they should just boot him to MLS. Yeah, but I don't think MLS can afford Messi's salary. Ah, oh, they can, dude. I don't think so, man. I don't think the league generates that kind of money, and I don't think he would be a big enough draw for like casual. Oh, I think he would. Too. He'll be a bigger draw. He, he like for casuals big. to like go see Messi. I don't think he's as big. You don't need. You don't need. There's enough. There's enough here. Um. Football fans and people that would want to see Messi, you know, because you might not get that chance again. Um, but I would, I would do it. It's not the club that pays you; you get sponsors that sort of chip in. Sort of when they brought in um, Beckham, you know, Galaxy wasn't paying all of his salary. You had like, like, you know, some sponsorships and whatnot chipping in. I've seen Messi live twice. It's he's overrated. <laughs> now if it was Cristiano Ronaldo if it was Ronaldo I would actually be like alright let me go catch him in town you know when he's in town but uh, Ronaldo has like a, like a rape case in Las Vegas oh. or accusation I should say he was uh, I don't know if that got completely settled but I'm pretty sure that's keeping him from mm. coming to the MLS yeah, that was pretty bad. And they had already settled before. I don't know if the MDA or whatever ran out, but it popped up again. And I'm pretty sure that, damn, a wild night in Vegas, dude, cost him here. He could have 
<laughs> yeah. We have Chrono requesting to speak. Give me a sec, Chrono. Uh, in La Liga, another thing to celebrate is the fact that Javier Aguirre uh, was able to save Mallorca from getting relegated. So uh, it's a... It's a and his numbers were insane. I don't know if you saw his numbers because he went into the club and they had like, what, six defeats in a row? It was pretty bad. But I mean, you know, that's that's something, dude. Um, to get a team that's been that in that type of losing streak and to turn it around, you know, yeah, it uh, it, it kind of shows the type of coach he is. Sadly, um, didn't work out in Monterrey, but uh, is Cronus ready? Crono, welcome to the show. What's up, guys? How are you doing? So I, I heard Messi was overrated, and I kind of had to automatically request the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> so what? What's your nah, take? Come on. No, actually, I wanted to say another thing. Uh, Joel touched a point right now that I found to be rather interesting. Uh, him talking about Santos and how them being in Torreon makes them not kind of was very influential team, and I, I I just thought about the teams in Mexico City, right? Like for example, imagine Pumas being the team in Torreon and Santos being the team in Mexico City. Oh like, yeah, Santos would definitely be called one of the grandes. Like oh my God, Santos has won so many championships uh, ever since the nineties and. La Cantera and all these different people and different managers and like this just works every single time and like I, I just think Ciudad de Mexico is kind of a big handicap in Liga MX, right? Well, I mean, for the other teams, you mean? Uh, in general, I mean, for 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 them from for fans for the media, like in general, I think being in Mexico City. It just gives you that amount of respect. Oh well, yeah. I, okay. I would say because that uh, it's the population; it's so many people. So automatically, you're gonna have that many more fans, and and so that's you know. It's. I um, think it's 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 exactly the same situation in London. You have Arsenal and Tottenham sort of lumping themselves and calling themselves like a big club, but it's just because it's London, and you know it's a very popular area very dense area but you know if you were actually to look at like the numbers like Tottenham's not a big club but they're part of the big six now and and I, I yeah, can, and I can see where that's coming from with like Pumas kind of using that and Cruz Azul using that as well and then you look at Necaxa and Atlante and it's like well, well what happened like you guys were supposed to be big teams uh and you're not in Ciudad de Mexico anymore and you're not big right now like like how how does that work yeah i think the Gaza, they left they left the they were like amateur era and then they were against becoming uh the league turning professional so they they didn't um they didn't they didn't join that and then they came back and they tried rebranding a few times they went to like Atletico Español or something like that, 
which yeah. just turned away the fence. <laughs> it's like, you know, they kind of probably felt. Uh, and, but see, we have to think back then, a lot of the owners or the people that brought football, they, they were like from Spain. And that, that's a lot of the influence that, that you see in some of the teams for Atlante, like Blugrana, you know, color similar to Barcelona. When a lot of immigrants that had come uh, to Mexico, but I guess it just didn't it didn't work out uh, changing the name and then they changed it back and I, I don't know location wise um, I, I think sharing the stadium with America I think hurt them uh, you know I think they they needed like their own stadium and I think they need and. And oh, we talked about this long time ago. Cause at Atlanta, the same. I, I feel that if they would have like been in a different part of the city, and then sort of like linked up with that, like like made it, made that like you know, this is like Nicaxa town here. I think that would have worked for them. But I think staying, staying there, it just kind of didn't help them because. They got eclipsed, or Necaxa at least got eclipsed by America and then Cruz Azul, who had this like both of them, both of those teams had these long, great runs from like the what was it, 70s going up until the 90s. You know, La Machina, and then you had Aguilas winning, and they were winning all these tournaments. Uh, but I do, because if, if we see like uh, Buenos Aires, you know, if, if you go there, different parts are. Are as, like you know, clubs are associated to different parts of the of the city, just because and you know and that's kind of how they they maintain some strong support, is you know or else they would just be Boca River, which are also in Buenos Aires, but you have like a couple more clubs all there, and and then they all sort of find a way to like ingrain themselves to the city. Yeah, rivers from like the rich side, right? If I'm not mistaken. Mm, no, it's, it's not that they're from the rich side. Um, they're from where is the, they're kind of by the university. I don't. I didn't. Yeah, they're from they're from Nunez. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember that neighborhood. <laughs> they were associated with like having money at one point, so millonarios, and then the Boca Juniors was like the immigrants. Uh, you know, Seneses or supposed to be Genoveses or whatever. So I mean, but but see, just like that, it it kind of it, it kind of said, you know, they were they were associated to to their neighborhoods. So yeah, I do think like the Mexico City would be able to host more teams if they found like you know Tizolica and you know find a spot and and make it work. Which is, I think, just a good example is what LAFC did, you know, because they were sharing the stadium, you know, Chivas USA sharing the stadium with Galaxy and Carson, and then when when the LAFC ownership bought it, they were like, okay, where could we put this team that, you know, and get fans to embrace it, and dude, they couldn't have picked a better spot, right by downtown LA, uh, not far from the Staples. Uh, right next to the university, next to uh, Coliseum, just key spot to be in, you know, where where the sports center used to be at, and 
from day one, they just had like a big, you know, they did really good grassroots. And from day one, they already had, they already had um, their barras and whatnot. And that's kind of what you have to do. Because I, I, I've always thought the IMAX would be better off if they took advantage of having more clubs in in Mex City and in Guadalajara. Which, which is something you see in like all the big leagues, like uh, Jaime was saying, um, London has all these teams, Buenos Aires has all these teams, even like Madrid has like, like three teams, um, just on first and then others in, in like second. Yeah. Uh, so, so I do, I do feel it should have been more, uh, more teams. We have uh, Ricardo, our number one fan in the YouTube chat saying, Gen uh, greetings, gentlemen. America will rise again. Nobody cares about Pachuca or Santos. Their feeder club, their feeder teams to El Mas Grande. And he says that he wants uh, Fernando Ortiz to stay, but Baños has to leave. Yeah, bathrooms, man. That guy surprised me how he, he was like Piojo's assistant, and then the next day he's his boss. Uh, Corona, I have a question for you. I see your bio. You're a Tigres fan. So how did you handle that that tough loss uh, against Atlas? It was a very bizarre situation. I was actually at the game. Uh, I'm from Monterrey. So, oh, so nice. It, it was like the happiest day in my life. And then all of a sudden, it was just the worst day in my life. It was incredible. <laughs> I... I Exactly. I came into the game feeling completely lost. I just wanted to have fun, right? I just wanted to be with my family, you know, watch the game and everything. And then as, you know, the first goal from Quiñones was scored and I was like, okay, I mean, this is over. There's no way, not even Barcelona can make this happen, right? But I mean, we have Guignac, which is kind of our... Maybe you can call him overrated, but I'll call I'll call him our Messi. <laughs> and it, it was incredible. It was one of the best experiences I've had in a in a stadium. And then to 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 have the ride back home and reading all these tweets about Pio Herrera missing up the lineup, and I was I felt dead inside. Like this this doesn't even count, you know. Yeah, I think the whole lineup was. To me, it's like misdirection so that no one's going to talk about that penalty. <laughs> the controversy is now on the, on the lineup. So what was, so, the, what was the situation? He, he fielded an ineligible player? No. Yeah, the, the second, the second oh, half was started with nine um, players, no formados in Mexico. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's against uh, the law, the, 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 the yeah. reglamento. So... Um, there's actually information. You know how Nahuel cried before the penalty? Yeah. Apparently, apparently the ref told told Nahuel about the entire situation. So he kind of just knew that they were already out of the semifinal and he started crying, just bawling his eyes out. It, it was insane. And nobody in the stadium knew what was going on. So we were... Oh, that makes we, sense. 
and and we we, we didn't we didn't know what was going on. We thought Noel was trying to play mind games with Aldo Rocha, and we were kind of laughing about it. It was very weird. Yeah, it was weird. I wasn't able to catch the game live, but I was watching the highlights and like just to see that reaction. I'm like, he's either like playing the victim here and getting in Rocha's head, or I don't know, man. He's he's he was all over the place, but. That's incredible that you were able to experience that live. I don't know how I'd be able to handle that, like to see that kind of, um, that type of like mood swing happen, you know, like just mentally being checked out, like four four zero, like this is done, and then to see the comeback, it's like, what an incredible time, and then just the way it ended, was it really like dead quiet after he scored that goal? A thousand percent. A thousand percent. There was a brief moment after the fourth goal that I legitimately thought the stadium was going to fall down. Like, it was... <laughs> like, it, it was shaking. It was insane. Then the penalty was called even worse with VAR. And it, we were kind of expecting them not to not to call the penalty. But after they called it and he scored, it, it was just silence. It was like, I cannot say anything otherwise, you know. Exactly. It's a tough way to go, but boy, you guys better build that statue of Gignac. Holy shit, man. That guy. Well, he's their all-time leading goal scorer, so he's he's earned that statue, man. He's. I hope his kid plays for La Selección. Wait, was he even born in Mexico? I don't know. Or, I'm sure he... Matter? I'm sure he... <laughs> He was born in Monterrey, so we're kind of expecting him to be the next number 10. <laughs> well, Chrono, thank you for hopping on and giving us that perspective. Um, how do you feel about next season? Do you do you like Piojo? Do you want him to stay? So, I, I like him. I, I think he was a very good choice after Tuca. And I believe his contract expires next summer. So, with that being said, there's two ligas left for him to play and a Conca Champions. So, if he doesn't win one out of those three, uh, I don't know. I, I don't see. I don't see the the management uh, extending his contract. Like I just, don't, I just don't see that happening. Yeah, but, that, that makes sense. Uh, that makes sense if he doesn't win anything. Because I think Tigres is already. I know they get a lot of flack, and I want to ask you as a Tigres fan, because I know a lot of they do a lot of memes about they don't they don't say Tigres is a equipo grande. Yeah. And I, and I feel that they are already, uh, especially going back like ten years, how long they've been, uh, you know, just staying in in the f forefront of winning campeonatos and whatnot, and and I think if if they just maintain that. Eventually, they're gonna they're gonna catch up or even surpass uh, the other teams. Of course, it could okay. be ten years, but but they're doing it now, so it's not like you know. Hopefully, so me personally, like at first, a couple of years ago, a lot of Tigres fans we were all like, yeah, like El Quinto Grande, and we're here to stay, and this and that. But all these years later. Personally, I feel like we should embrace that nickname. Like, I have no problem calling my team Equipo Chico. Like, I actually like it. 
you you know you know one what comes with it <laughs> the um no i i think because you know when we look at what the big teams do and it's like they bring in top players you know back back when i started watching liga mx and, and you heard of a uh, contratación bomba it was pretty much 80% of the time going to America, you know, they'll bring someone like Ivan Bambam Zamorano, Piojo Lopez, you know, you saw just these big names. And I think probably the biggest since Ronaldinho, which sort of was a weird thing. <laughs> it's kind of, you know, Club de Cuervos-esque uh, going to Querétaro, but I mean, Gignac, I don't think there's been a, a bigger name or, or Contratación Bomba to, to Liga MX and just their overall squad, just how the strength of their squad, of how many good players they have, even in the bench. They'll have players that in other teams would be starters. And so, you know, being able to have a, a plantilla that's that expensive and, and to hold on to it for so long. And not only that, but winning, winning all these tournaments and different tournaments, to me that at that point, because I do think if we see different leagues, uh, for the most part, it'll change who the big teams are, you know. There's some like maybe like like La Liga where it's always been, it's, it's always been um, Real Madrid, Barcelona, but if you look at Premier League, they changed a lot from like the 90s where teams, teams ended up coming up like Manchester United and then even just recently Man City. So these these things change all the time. So I could see the the two Monterrey teams, Tigres and, and Rayados, I could I could see them in a few years. I don't, I don't think people can be able to deny it. Yeah, and I think it benefits the entire league. Like elevating oh, yeah. Elevating other teams, I think it's great for everyone. So, for example, after Guignac came to Mexico, you had all these different guys like Jeremy Menez and Vincent Jansen and Fidalgo and like all these different big caliber players that maybe they're going to work, maybe they're not going to work, but at least they're trying and they're putting in the money. And uh, right now, when you said Contratación Bomba, I just started thinking about it and... Ten years ago, our contratación bomba were guys like Tito Villa, Omar Bravo, which were good players, <laughs> but like they're nowhere near that caliber and you know the expectations. When you get someone like Florian Tovan, you know, yeah. So I think it, it like that just shows you how much the league has grown, which is which is great for everyone. Yeah, no, I, I said here before because the companies that are tied um, to Tigres and Monterrey, uh, FENSA and CEMEX, uh, just how much money they generate. And I've said it before, if they wanted to, they would make even stronger teams. I, sometimes I don't know what, maybe they're taking pity on the rest of us, but if they wanted to, they, they definitely have that money. Yeah, they well, do. Well, yeah, but then, but then you got freaking Romario in Pachuca, like just beating everyone else, and Florian Tovan getting injured. And I don't know, this, this league is crazy. It's, it's like the the things that are supposed to happen don't happen. 
Yeah. And vice versa. And it's refreshing to see in a world of modern football where the one with the biggest paycheck is is winning. You know, you look at Man City and sort of what they've been able to fabricate in the last 10 years. I mean, that whole culture there, it's not, in my opinion, it's not authentic. It's it's very, uh, you know, a lot of bandwagoners, a lot of people have switched sides and, and now they're rooting for City. Um, that were never like, City was a joke before the money came in and you look at teams like PSG as well. Um, so, you know, it's it's just nice to see. In Liga Mekis, you have teams like Atlas uh, winning. You have you have smaller clubs with a, with a fair shake, fair chance. Uh, Ricardo says, uh, this guy is right. Tigres is an eterno chiquito. <laughs> Ricardo Contreras, man. He likes to... Hey, always... I, got, I got no problem with that. No problem with that. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see how it goes for Tigres next season. I will say, you know, Piojo is always a liability. He's a loose cannon, and, you know, he, he has a tendency to uh, to get in his own way. So I'll, I'll be shocked if he if he does uh, fulfill his contract at Tigres. Oh, I, I actually, I could see him winning one of those tournaments. I don't know if they would hold on to him just because I think Tigres can if they want to bring in a big-name coach. So at the very least, we're going to have fun, right? Like that, that's oh, just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's a given. Absolutely. So thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, thank you oh, no, for thanks. hopping on, yeah, man. It was a pleasure. You, there you have it, folks. Twitter spaces, anybody can hop on. If you have any hot takes, I want to know what you guys think. Who, who's going to win the final? Um, again, I'm, I'm rooting for Atlas. I think that, uh, they have a good chance to get in the bicampeonato. Uh, Joel, are you leaning more towards uh, Atlas or Pachuca? Damn. I don't know, man. I, I don't really, you know, I don't, I don't like There's not, I don't really have like a favorite, even though I agree with you about what it would mean for like. The rivalry with, with Chivas. So I think Atlas winning it starts putting more pressure, you know. How many um, how many titles does Pachuca have? Seven? Six? Damn. Let me see. Jamie, can, can you pull that up? It started winning with ninety nine. Like ninety nine with uh was it Aguirre that won their first? I think it was, right? Was it Aguirre who who won their first? I think they have five. Six. They have six. Six. So this could be their seventh. Yeah, I'd rather, I'd rather have Atlas win another one because that would put them at three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't want the other teams to catch up? Nah. I, They're going to get surpassed eventually, man. <laughs> I have more animosity towards Pachuca than I do Atlas, if I'm being honest. Just be- oh, that's good. Just because of the ways we've lost to them over the years, I just I have a bitter bitter taste in my mouth. But uh yeah, they have six. Six, man. And they it's cause it's confusing because they put the gold stars, but those are for the Kunka champions. They have five of those. Yeah, they won it in ninety nine, so not that bad, man. Five, six campeonatos since 
and, and one uh, from South America, right? And they're one of the oldest uh, oldest clubs. They claim the oldest, although there's said Orizaba. There's another team that could lay claim to it, but it's really hard because I was just say really difficult. Um, <laughs> there wasn't that much. Uh, they wouldn't document stuff as much, you know, and uh, and who knows if stuff got lost during the yeah the Mexican Civil War, the Revolution, you know. So that's the other thing, you know. If a lot of documents got lost, but yeah, you did. Um, I think the Upachuca was mining town for the English, but I think, I think, I don't know if Orizaba, if I'm getting the names mixed up, but it could have been like from the port, which again uh, would also probably be the English. Uh, Brother Ron, Brother Ron had the info on that, but we haven't seen him. I haven't seen him all day. I don't know if he said Long John's. Immigrant miners from Cornwall. Founded Pachuca Athletic Club in 1901. No, but I think, like, have you seen Orizaba? Uh, the game rapidly spread in popularity, and other clubs soon were established in surrounding states, including Albinegros de Orizaba, Reforma AC, British Club, and Puebla AC. See, look. They claim they were founded in 1898. Oh. I mean, but we have to keep in mind, a lot of these were clubs. Yeah. And so club men, they practice different sports. Uh, Puebla Athletic Club was founded in, nine, or, sorry, 1894. 1894? Damn, so this one is just as... Pretty much as old, but so then it's like, okay, so who started kicking the round ball first? <laughs> and uh, it's Orizaba by the. And they only lasted a couple of years. The, they folded after 1906. Who did? Uh, Puebla Athletic Club. Oh, Puebla. Yeah. It's very interesting. Uh, the city of Puebla would not see football for eight years until 1915 when the first Puebla FC. Look, Orizabal, see, this is the thing. When 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 soccer came to the Americas, so it was brought by the by the British because they were doing a lot of, and, they, and it arrived through the ports. Uh, so that's when you see some of the older clubs, that's where they're at, like where the ships would port, and it would be like docking and whatnot. And um, so it's sort of like River Plate, right? They, they're by the, they're not that far off from the, from the port as, as is in uh, Boca Juniors and why, how they get the name River Plate because they saw the boxes that were marked. That's where they were going to Rio de la Plata, but in English is oh. a River Plate. And so there's like, that sounds cool. Let's just call ourselves River Plate. Uh, but certainly that. And, Orizabal is actually in the state of Veracruz. Yeah. So whatever company he had there, I, I would, you know, I would, I would bet they were probably the first ones. But again, because a lot of documentation was lost, 
But um, I don't. I think how long ago was it? Pachuca started like making that push as the oldest club, because that's the other thing that that we talked about. You know, same as Santos, because they're in a small, you know, like a, you know, like in a venue. It's gonna be hard for them to to become that much more popular. Um, yeah. So they they they've tried, man. We can't blame them for trying. They call themselves El Equipo de Mexico for a while, and, and now they're, they're the oldest. But I would like to see more digging uh, on this Orizaba. We have Ricardo wanting to speak. Ricardo, welcome to the show. It's about time, man. Right, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Hey, gentlemen, how's it going? It's very good, man. Long time listener since you guys were the what's it called the Bosa Cero podcast. That's right. It was I, I had originally named the podcast Cachirules, uh, and there's a lot of people that didn't get the reference. And then Ron wanted to switch it to Los Cero. I, I never liked that name. And then like a few months in, uh, that's when Mexico gets that win. They, they get a 2-1 win, I think it was. Yeah, 2-1 with they uh, broke. Rafa. Yeah, they broke it. They broke that, that thing, and we had to we had to switch. <laughs> we switched name again. Because then Tosa Cero no longer makes much sense. What you got yeah. for us, Ricardo? Well, you guys should have just called it the Chivas podcast. That's all you guys talk about. Explain <laughs> it, man. I'm a big fan, dude. <laughs> I tried to, no. I tried not to, but we always end up falling in that topic one way or another. I, I talked about I mean, well, earlier. I mean, how do you guys feel about Atlas is about to possibly win the Bicampeonato? Something Chivas hasn't come close to doing almost ever. <laughs> Can you guys talk about Campionissimo this and that, right? No, I don't. I don't. But my two hermanos do. They mm-hmm. live living in the past. I mean, that last body, you guys. What was that? Santa Maria. I mean, you guys couldn't, you guys couldn't do anything. And that, that's one of my gripes with uh, one of your hot takes, Juancito. The, the the Mexican player needs to go to Europe, man. In Mexico, they're always getting tacos and all that other bullshit, and they got like they're malnourished. I remember on on Twitter, there's a picture that what's who was it? Uh, Charlie Rodriguez, or I don't know who it was. One of the midfielders uh-huh. from Mexico, and he was like on a boat, and he looks malnourished. I'm like, how's this guy supposed to rep- represent Mexico? In the World Cup against, let's say they're playing, well, they are playing Argentina. How is he going to, like, body up, uh, what's his name, uh, Nepal or one of their other big midfielders? I mean, that's my take on it. Con some takis and some chicharrones and... Uh... I do feel that's lacking. The professionalism of the Mexican player is lacking a, a big part because they make so much money. That you'll have someone like trophies where it's like ah <laughs> uh, trophy <laughs> you know and because no 
he had those like a run of three. He had like a run of three good games, and all of a sudden everyone was blowing smoke up his ass. Mm-hmm. He got like this big contract, and he he made all this money, and and he was from very humble beginnings. But all of a sudden, it's like it's like he doesn't care because he probably hasn't made already. He probably has a big house. He probably owns an Oxo, you know. He, he's, <laughs> Tucker's yeah. not just Tucker not just became a like a pastime, and and you see him doing stuff where where when she was. They went on a spending spree and they bring in like four refuerzos and you think this is gonna light a fire in his ass and he's gonna want to become more competitive because if the team's more competitive, he could get to the national team or they could win something. But then he shows up to preseason like overweight. Not chunkies. And it's like That's, I've seen a picture of him like in one of those like when he was still with Chivas and he he looked obese. His face was humongous and I don't know and uh, also I listen to like other podcasts but like specifically from like from Mexico and they, about like they're talking about like the transfers and this and that and they were mentioning uh your boy Alexis uh, Alexis Vegas contract they put like a fat clause in it like he can't weigh a certain uh, like over a certain amount or he can't be a certain amount of body gra- body mass body or something fat, like that yeah. I mean, Exactly, and that just goes to my point. Like these guys aren't professional, so no, they're not. Um, they, I, any, anytime they're, I, I'm, I'm never holding my breath during the World Cup. I'm always holding my breath during the World Cup because I know anytime we play against a bigger, stronger team, they're gonna body us just like a, Sweden. just like a Sweden did. Yeah, Sweden, and, uh, yeah. and they're all over us. And and I saw that coming a mile away. I'm like, these are these guys aren't ready for them. I would say the the word that you're looking for is discipline. I think that uh, they don't take their their sure. the, their profession like they don't have the discipline. You know, you look at Cristiano Ronaldo's regimen and even how he like raises his son. You know, not to eat chips and drink soda and like it, it just exactly. he, he's taking it serious and he's he's disciplined. And the Mexican player gets paid well, and you know, I think like they settle oh, very very easily. Or take Linus, for example. I know you guys hate on him. I don't know why. I mean, uh, he won a he won the Copa del Rey with uh with Betis, and you guys playing were, what left bench? And you guys were championing Chicharito, Chicharito when they sent his his ass to MLS, like in the middle of the tournament, and they sent him a, some some type of medal or something. And you guys were talking about that, but that's a conversation for another day. But I mean. I thought it was well, funny well, that they my... gave him a medal for the six months that he was at Sevilla. <laughs> exactly, yes. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Well, it was, it's similar, but my point is, uh, I mean, just take note of Lainez. I mean, he's over there, and he, he, when he comes back during oh. that Nations League, it, his body transformed, like, dramatically. It's night and day compared to when he was in when he was with America. Oh yeah, he he looked yoked, but it's also a, an illusion because he just he was just wearing an extra small shirt. Sure, of course. <laughs> but I just think like you know the the three, he's almost three years in over there, and like what has he accomplished? He's he's got. No, you're a, right. I'm just I'm trolling. Yeah. You're right, but I but, like but, I can't imagine what his transformation as a professional would be if he had stayed at America and gotten you know undisputed starting minutes for like at least another two or three years. 
I don't I just I just wonder where his progression would be as a as a professional and as the national team as well. I'm sure he would be a a much he could have been a starter by now, but we don't know. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um he he definitely needed needed to stay like another year or two, but I mean, um America's the most grande as I always say on the comments, but you guys never read them out and uh <laughs> Yeah, they're so and, good uh, that they we, uh, we, we they walked robbed. out. They, we got they, robbed. Yeah. Why would you say uh, that? Uh, uh, Ivania should have been uh, red-carded like in the 20th minute. And uh, they had the same example, the Paco Villa and the El Bam Bam, who Joel was mentioning earlier. He was even referencing the Atlas game against the Tigres, how, uh, or was it the Chivas game against the Atlas, where Jeremy Marquez, he was a, uh, it was kind of similar, the, the fouls, and he got red card, and Ivan just got a yellow card. Yeah. I mean, the like, that's another topic. I mean, the refs are all over the place. Uh, very inconsistent, absolutely. But at the end of the day, you guys ate three goals with no response, so trying to figure mm, that out. Yeah. <laughs> But you guys didn't. I mean, you guys. Well, Joel did, but Jaime, you didn't answer. You didn't answer my question. Which one? Atlas is on its way to win the Bicampeonato. Something Chivas hasn't even come close to doing. Those Stone Age titles don't count. I mean, we're we're talking 80s onwards. That's what we count. When people actually started training. Like, what do you guys <laughs> say to that? Um, I, I've said it. I already said that. I, I hope that they do win. I do hope that they win. And, you know, I hope that like, is that f- what you're picking? Yeah, I'm picking Atlas. I want them to win. I want the, I, I just want to see some consistency in the league. You know, I want to see a team that wins, a, wins a title and then defends it. I think like we see it time and time again, where the, the champion gets campeonitis and the next season, they don't even qualify for Liga. So I would like to see some consistency in Liga Mekis. Um, uh, but you know, I think it would be great for the city of Guadalajara and and also to light a fire under a Maori's ass because you know today um, during the uh, uh, the celebrations for Chivas Femenil, uh, they handed him the trophy and he was doing the the walk around the stadium and all the fans were booing him. So it's like you know, I just want I want that to be. You watched that, Jaime? Uh, unfortunately, I did. Yeah, it was pretty. Oh come on, man! Was... How are you gonna watch what? It was it was tough Never to watch, mind. man. I'm not gonna lie. Cole, <laughs> did you watch it? He doesn't watch games. <laughs> he only he only watches when Chivas wins, right? <laughs> oh, he got booted out. Hold on. Joel. I'm back. Oh. My phone died. Your mic My sounds uh died. sounds pretty bad though. You're getting some interference. They're tapping your phone, bro. Hello, what about now? Yeah, it still has like that interference. Are you near like a microwave? <laughs> microwave, no. Oh. Still, it's still bad. Yeah. It sounds like the. I need to call out Hoel on his on his MLS club too, because that's. That's uh, not making any sense to me. Yeah, dude. Hello? Definitely call him out. Still on... bad? No, it sounds good now. 
I had to switch. But okay. uh, Ricardo's calling you out on your bullshit, man. <laughs> your MLS take, it, it, I, I can't agree with it, man. It, it doesn't make any sense. All the arguments. Money, of course. That's what the those scumbags that, from the the scumbag league Mex owners want. I, I get that. But for like a young, like you mentioned, uh, MLS will give younger players a chance to like. I under, I understand your take where these guys don't have that much education, so they go for the money and this and that. I, I get that part. But as a fan, I'm, uh, what I want to see is competitive football, right? So. I don't okay, so how Heidel Torres, Torres going to Chicago Fire makes uh, Mexican football any better, gives him a chance to go to Europe or to contribute in any way to the to the selection. Like I don't see any. Well, because okay, see, there's, so there's a few things here. So one is like if you're a youth, and it's like uh, so. It was uh, what was this guy? Sal, Salcedo, right? Salcedo. Which one? Carlos, Carlos Salcedo? Carlos Salcedo. Carlos Salcedo. The one that's in uh, Toronto. Salcedo. Yeah. Oh, okay. He was, he returned. But as a youth, he, he was at Chivas, then he went to Tigres, and then he sort of saw, I'm not, I'm not going to get a chance to play. And he jumped to Salt Lake, Real Salt Lake, and he actually, he was actually being scouted to go to Europe. Uh, and then they took him to Chivas. They returned him to Chivas, which is the La Torre, with, you know, when they took him, they, they gave him that release clause because that's how they convinced him. And he ended up here. He had that unfortunate stuff happen with his wife. I think it's, hopefully I'm not forgetting. Right? I think his wife had a miscarriage when they were in Italy. Pretty sure that's him. So he, he came back to Tigres, but I mean, that's someone that as a youth, he took a risk there and he went. And so as youth players, if you're going to get playing time, I am going to, uh, I would push for that because that's more important to get playing time sure, than yeah. to not get playing time. If you could, if you could go to, to Europe and then not play ever and then what was the point of going over there you know you just sent it to section teams and then kind of what they did with Adela, right when they took him Chelsea took Joel you're cutting you're cutting in and out bro you're uh... oh that sounds cool though man Robocop <laughs> <laughs> Robocop getting beat. <laughs> when they're killing you. I, 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 I get what you're trying to say, but I think Salcedo is like the worst type, the worst example you could have brought up. This is the same guy that oh, a female reporter from uh, from Chivas was saying was talking to him when he was back in Tigres. She, they were having like a like an off the record conversation, and she said that he told her that he came back to Liga MX. Because he would, because he couldn't, because when he was in Italy, there was nothing. When uh, he was after Italy, well, didn't he go to Germany, right? To to some German team, like mid-table German team, Frankfurt. Yeah, or one of them. But he told her that he came back to Liga MX. 
because he because there wasn't he there wasn't anything to do over there like night like party wise night wise social wise that just comes back to my point these guys aren't professional like and I, and by going to, I don't get how they get professional by going to MLS. Well, I mean, maybe not become, but but he did have a career in in football, which is very difficult to have. Sure, um, of course. Very very few players are gonna make it as a professional, and then even less are gonna get to like be in the national team or but, or but even he was go to there. Europe and come back. No, I know, but the fact that he got to do all of that, I think if he would have stayed at Tigres and then. Tuca benches him, and then he he would have debuted at 24, 25. His career probably would not be what it is now. Um, so, I mean, career-wise, I think just being in a league where you're going to be able to play and, like, desarrollarte is, is better than not. Just not well, playing. At the, at the same time, I think these guys, there's a narrative, for whatever reason, in Liga MX and the fans and certain teams – same with me, like uh, Jaime mentioned with Latinx, like he probably should have stayed. But I think these guys, they 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 make a lot of excuses for the for these guys in Mexico. Like he's, I'm not I'm not trying to compare Mexico to Italy, Spain, or like big soccer coup produce uh, big like talented player producing countries. But these yeah. guys are debuting twenty and above, and these other guys. I'm I mean, not, uh, uh, Holland. He was like. He was a pro at 16. I'm not saying we yeah. have anyone like that, but I mean, these guys, they get the benefit of that all the time. Like, when yeah. are we going to produce someone at that age that's going to take off without excuses? When's our, I mean, where's our next Rafa? Where's our next Hugo? Where's our next someone like that, you know? At, at the end of the day, you're only winning if you got talent. His name that's is true. Marcelo what? Flores. Yeah, my boy Marcelo. <laughs> that guy that was He's 19 already. No, you know what I think? That's I would say that's more to do with the, the culture, the, the football culture in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And I do think it... Bro, I we're still living it, at the at our mom's house at 18, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, but I mean... But, but the football culture, like, where where the expectations, like Ricardo was saying, and I do think in, in Mex, the culture sort of went sideways somewhere where it's like... Like in like in Mex, they will sign a player, like any petardo from South America, and the fans will go celebrate him. Exactly. And he hasn't done anything. He hasn't done anything yet, and they're already getting uh, autographs and whatnot. And in other teams, it's like you know the knives are out. There's all this pressure for him to succeed, and win over the fans. And here's kind of the opposite, where it's like um, they're just happy to have him. Well, at least that was for like a long time, um, but but it kind of still happens. Where I think what was it, Gulit, right? He'll be a Leon, and if he could have a shit match, it didn't matter. He'll be out at the mm-hmm. club, and, and the fans were go have drinks with him, and that, and we're kind of seeing it now. Where even though I kind of don't agree with it, hundred percent, but we did see. Um, Fans attacking the players, well, not attacking them, but hunting them down. What was it, the Monterrey fans? Um, you know, waiting outside. Oh yeah, man! After they of, embarrassed and, themselves in the Club World Cup. And didn't they do that to Chivas, like Chivas. too? Right? 
they were outside of their hotel and all the fans went. And yep. you kind of need that pressure, perhaps not to that level, but you kind of do need where the fans are like letting you know that they're paying attention and that they're not happy with. And, and I think for a long time, we kind of didn't see that. Uh, as Carlos said, there's there always some excuse. And I feel like we make excuses for players that are riding the bench in Europe, you know, with Ache Ache, with Chucky, Lainez. We always have a list of excuses as to like, oh, well, you know, the coach that brought him in, he got fired and now Mm -hmm. he's not part of the problem. But it's like, yo, if you're good, you're good. You're going to play. You're going to start. And uh, and I don't know, man. I just feel like we shouldn't have to be so – ready to send the you know the next player to Europe so quickly because a lot of the times it's premature. I mean very few players have the mentality to to actually succeed out there. I, I, I don't I do believe that they're talented enough to do it. It's just I think the mindset is not the same. And I think a player like Alexis Vega, for example, he's gonna go to Europe, you know, he's coming over here thinking he's hot shit and he's got the biggest ass in Liga Mekis. But then when he goes to like Not Europe well. and he's he's a nobody over there, and I don't know mm-hmm. if he has the discipline and the professionalism to to hang out there, you know the talent's there, but over there they they take it very seriously, and now he's going to be uh, in an area where he's not the best player, and and I don't know I think like a lot of a lot of players have a really hard time uh, swallowing their their pride and and going to work. I would say it depends how you go because if if a club pays good money, for the most part, they'll try to make it work. Uh, and also, if you have like a good agent, we saw with Raúl Jiménez, where he was at Atlético, and we would have yeah. lost it. He, he, yeah, that he's. But imagine if we would have came back to Tigres, you know, we we would have seen his talent as being like whack not you know overrated and but he had good representative he he ended up going to to portugal and then doing good enough to to end up in premier league where he he blew up uh and so like if if you have that where you get enough chance i do think more players would would look good it's a lot of them that went and then came back they didn't get much of a chance, Borghetti, Palencia, a couple mm-hmm. of them. And especially because they would go as loan and the club didn't care because you're in a loan. Then we'll see you too, right? Yeah, but, but I think he left as a youth. Where you go? I don't know. You're going far back, man. <laughs> <laughs> you're going oh, back to... Oh, perfect, perfect example. Uh, what's his name? Uh, the tranny lover is... Was that guy that played for Chivas? Salcido? Salcido? He did good, though. No, yeah, he did good. He, yeah, you're right. I'm, no, I'm, I'm just saying that when he was there, he was saying that when he just got there, he, he felt like like sick, like he didn't know how to communicate with anyone or the food, that he, he, and that he, he wanted, wanted to come to back. Leave. Yeah. He wanted to leave. So he gets to the airport, you know, he gets out of the plane and he was looking for someone, a club representative that was going to pick him up and they weren't there. And he like got scared. So he didn't mm-hmm. know how to communicate. And I think he said he, he just went to eat at a McDonald's because he could just like order by number or something. Mm-hmm. 
and and then the they had sent some some Peruvian or some dude that they had. So I think that dude just went late, probably late. Probably far far no. I think it was, and then he showed finally showed up, but he said he was already thinking like, oh, and that's crazy, like not knowing what to do, like, like don't you have a number? And just <laughs> do you have a number you could call? You just he's like a little kid, you know. He he did come across as a little kid, and this is another dude because he he was like very poor, you know. He used to work, just he just did. He used like, to wash cars, right, for a living. Yeah, I believe so. And but he was to the point, poor to the point where, even being at Chivas, he still wanted to go back to work, like he was gonna leave, so he could go back to his job. And he was at the at the juveniles. And Isn't that like, a little bit tribunero? So you think, uh, Joel? <laughs> tribunero? I mean, yeah, I mean, they're trying to pander to that old low class people. This that's my big grab of Chivas. Like I don't <laughs> like that. Like you gotta if you're a soccer player, you gotta be a pro, man. Eat right, train, stop making excuses. No. Try like and it, I'm I'm sorry to say you I think you're making excuses for him, Joel. I'm not I'm not making I'm just saying like you kind of see where he came from, that where his mentality was at, because he probably had never traveled. So I mean, he's scared. But I'm saying, even even when he was about to be pro, he was gonna go back to work. Uh, Real talks about he he made it so the club could pay him or gave him more money, because it was probably his family putting pressure, like like, hey, we need to eat. And and it's, it's you know, it goes back to the the lack of professionalism, uh, saw that a lot in Brazil, you know, where mm-hmm. they, they end up hiring psychiatrists and whatnot, like, like team therapists and whatnot to, you know, help with the players because, uh, you know, it's, it's, they just weren't prepared for a lot of these things because to us it looks it looks simple, but I mean, yeah, there's, take someone, take someone with like, no education and whatnot, and you're putting them in all these different environments. They feel out of place. So I mean, I'm not making excuses because he's he's at Chivas. It would be like basically any any player, and it happens to a lot of players too. Even in South America, we just don't we just don't hear about them. And yeah, a lot of these guys they they flop because it's hundreds and hundreds of players that go all the time. Oh yeah, there's a bunch of RGs and Brazilians all over the place. Right about that. Yeah, Robinho. Yeah. Exactly. I was about to mention him. Rubio was actually a big name. He he actually succeeded in Brazil. Um, I mean, the players that they Adriano. went. That's another big guy. But I mean, guys that like. That kind of thing. <laughs> Neri Castillo. No, no, no. Hey, players that I, you don't I, know the name. We, we wouldn't know. Uh, uh, Neri, come on. If we had another point I wanted to bring up, man, we need to stop focusing on these pochos. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm a pocho too, but these guys, none of them have showed anywhere near the talent that some that Mexico should have scouted. I mean, that someone in Mexico should go for, like Neddy. Like when you've seen him play, like you can tell he's a diff- a difference maker. None of these pochos that you had, they're trying to fight. You see all these Twitter pages, next gen this and that. None of these guys are making a difference for their team. None of them have that. I'm not saying all all of them should be a star or know how to dribble past 10 people, but none of them have 
that it factor to change to make a difference. So I don't get why these people are making a big deal about it. Uh, Ricardo Pepe is going to hop one. on. He's going to be pissed. You're, you're bound to get one. So, I mean, and then it's 20. But I mean, you, we went, we, we went from almost none to a lot of them players like uh, being in, in U.S. and, and Mexico national team or having long careers. Now I agree with you. There hasn't been one that's been a difference Yet. maker or at that other level. Who would you say who's... has been the most successful one? If I had to put a name out there, Hercules Gomez. I mean, well, successful in terms of like, just what popularity? What would success would be Hercules. like going to a world cup being a actual contribution sure. to Cause like I don't oh, know, Hercules Her- Her- Gomez did all that. I I can't really. You won the World Cup. You won in Mexico. For me, it's like uh, it's like I'm talking Bocho specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, for sure. I think, and I we've said this on the pod time and time again. Like until this day, there hasn't been a player that we missed out on that mm-hmm. we're actually you know oh my god like we're hurting from that. You know, Ricardo Pepe, it looked like he was going to blow up, and, you know, it turns out he's... Nah, MLS. He was an MLS hype job. Yeah, man. but, you know, <laughs> he, went, he went to Germany. That's good. If you, if, you, if you score more than 10 goals in MLS, you're just an MLS all-star. Look at trophies. Look at your boy uh, Chicharito. <laughs> and, um, like... Carlitos Vela? Oh, exactly. See, you see that guy, that scrub, that, that from Chivas, that bench warmer, or sees Nettles? He's looking like Ronaldo in the nineties, man. I mean, <laughs> at, at Atlanta, you even had yeah, he, uh, he's all over the place. you had Cubo Torres look like an all star out there too. I live in Houston. When he was when he was playing for the Dynamo, they were making such a spectacle. Oh, we got this stuff, but they they still hand out tickets for free because they're MLS, obviously, right? <laughs> but you should have you should you should have seen the spectacle they're making, and but they never won anything, and. Notice when they, I remember it specifically when they called him up to the Gold Cup with Osorio, I think. He didn't do anything. That's, that's the year that Jamaica knocked, knocked us out. I don't, I don't know if you guys remember that. It was like a free kick and Jamaica knocked us out of the Gold Cup before the, it was like the Super Moleto Gold Cup and not even the, it was like the C team that went. And that's I why they called I rem- Kubo up. I think I kind of remember that vaguely, but yeah, I mean... It's... And they gave him a chance, and he didn't do anything. Yeah, ML, MLS All Star. T- yeah, that's my that's my gripe with Hoyt because he's always hyping up MLS. <laughs> I think um, <laughs> the Mexican. I, I I think the Mexican Federation though is seeing the market value with Pochos like Julian oh, Araujo and uh, who's the one that plays for Galaxy, the Efrain Alvarez. And, and there's the goalkeeper. Uh, and now you have uh, David Ochoa, who, you know, he I, did he get called up or something? I think he did um, for the Nations League. So I mean, it's it's interesting. It's interesting to see this dynamic in play. But yeah, well, it's because well, gonna... it's like you said, Jaime. Uh, the money's here. Yeah. And and so soccer is business first, sports second. It costs money to to fill the team. You know, to have the stadium and whatnot. So without that's, money, that's why, F, that's why FMF sold its soul to the U.S. to Zoom, right? Oh, yeah. I wouldn't say they sold a soul, man. They, but some no, didn't. Some uh... because that their their um contract 
is is for them to promote or to do the games in the U.S. And if we looked in the past, you know that FMF had some of the other companies. Uh, I know one of them was Soccer 2000, and they basically just stayed at the Coliseum. They never really left that much. They played like 80% of the games at the Coliseum and then a few in like Chicago and then maybe Dallas. Uh, they've just, they raked it in once they went to some as far as playing all over the U.S. and even getting more sponsors. And some just recently uh, got an extension with, with La Selección Mexicana. I've seen that. And uh, the U.S. didn't. <laughs> Makes no sense. I'm glad. I'm glad you brought that up, Jaime. I'm very glad you brought that up because all these U, this, these USA fans, these these geek USA fans that just show up whenever USA is playing Mexico, like they they hype up these these American players, like these US. Well, we're all American, but these USA players, like there's, I mean, Des, he's. He's black, uh, Chicote Calderon, uh, that sergeant guy. He looks like Chuck. He can't score. Go to save his life. Pulisic, he's he disappears in every big game until he's playing Mexico in the U.S. in Ohio or whatever. And he, I was I wanted to call so bad when you went back then in that Nations League game. Yeah, that final. That notice and. They own like all these reporters, and I get they got a narrative to sell and all this and that. But you notice that game, if you really dissect that game, they only scored on us on set pieces, which is it's always been our Achilles heel, always. And they made it out to seem like it was a bunny, uh, in those uh, you know, baile, this and that. And it was Gio Reyna set like a loose ball, like goal, uh, fake, uh. Pulling shit, uh, penalty, and that other and uh, that was the other guy, the that scrub from Ju from Juventus, the one the that looks like the weekend. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh oh, yeah, I don't even know his Mackenzie name. and Moreno. Yes, Mackenzie, right? Mackenzie or Mc McCaskill, Mackenzie, whatever. That's the only way they score. Like they they can't yeah. really play. They they always play bunker ball. Just like Chivas has played these last couple games, but no one wants to say that. Like they always play bunker ball. I like, feel like we never... we always fall into those traps though, and it takes a great coach to oh, like you know, know how to you're right how you're to right, how to exactly. stick those out. And we didn't have and... a set piece problem under Osorio. It, it just came back under Tata, but under Osorio he had fixed that issue. Yeah, that was he had other problems though, but he had no, other problems. That yeah. wasn't what. But uh, Osorio. Yeah, and he was he was uh he was trying to get the numbers from all the female reporters. That's what they were saying. <laughs> like he, he spent more time trying to hit on the reporters than he was with. He was with one. He got caught. He did. Mm -hmm. He took her to the World Cup. Damn, this dude was just he took his wife, and he took his, his side piece. <laughs> his rotacion. He was doing rotacion to his wife. Mm -hmm. Hey man, I respect the guy who uh, practices what he <laughs> preaches. Mm -hmm. He's like, look, where's where Osorio now? Uh, he In was Colombia, isn't he? I thought he was gonna coach America. Yeah. What happened to that? Oh no, he didn't stay over there. <laughs> you don't think he would make a good club coach? 
No, he already, he already ch had a chance in Puebla. He did. I, he did. I, I, remember, I remember seeing him in Puebla. He sucked. Yeah, but so did uh, Reynoso, and then he goes to Cruz Azul and wins the championship with them. So no, no, I disagree. He, Reynoso did a pretty good job at Puebla, even yeah. though he didn't win anything. Obviously, he did. He, yeah. he uh, right before Larcamon uh, La came, which is uh, the next guy they're trying to hype up. I mean, he he did a pretty good job. Yeah, I just feel like you know he had a better arsenal at at Cruz Azul compared to Puebla. Oh, definitely, yeah. Definitely. And, you know, uh, Juan Cambios Osorio. We'll see. We'll see what happens to him. Chivas are flirting with Biesla. But, uh, I, I, you know what? I, I, it's probably smoke, but I think that's the best thing that could happen to them. The, the, their problem, the, everyone knows their problem. They got a, bro, a super broke owner that doesn't want to spend money. And the players suck. And uh, no, <laughs> no one wants to go there. So, what do they need? They need a guy to build everything up like he did with Vatalas. Don't you agree? Yeah, if he leaves after like two years, I don't think they need someone that's going to bounce. And he takes his playbook. He takes his videos. He doesn't leave I mean, anything it, behind, man. He, no, he uh, did with Atlas, so you can't deny that. Even though it was well, back then. More with Atlas, what he's most known is... Uh, that's a sporting director. No, the, the, youth, the Cantera the that, that he yeah, yeah. revived. You know, he built up their cantera and and because they're the best, they played the best under La Volpe. And that's uh, another guy that he's the Chivas one that, should probably look into. And they did have him. They, they had him that, that, guy, that, that guy's seriously underrated as, like, finding talent. I don't know why. Any, he's probably blackballed cause for whatever reason, but oh, if... If if I was my Theo Ascarraga, I'd, I'd hire him and get him on the on the youth uh, setup and find all these kids from Mexico, man. Like the guy knows what knows what he's good. To, like he's good at what he does. Yeah, he he can spot talent. Um, that was, but I mean, that's been the most his thing with Bielsa, where he was good at like organizing, because kind of how he got to start with New World organizing. Uh, mm -hmm. They would. And I mean, but as coach, I don't know, man. I I would probably, I would yeah, you're right. probably not as a coach. I would hire him as consultant, like you want yeah, to come yeah. to the club and set up the whole youth system, and you could bring your people, and you know it could be a project for this many years. I would do that because uh, he has a good proven track record for that. I thought something similar was going to happen with um when they brought the Johan Cruyff, but they felt that they tried to overhaul everything from the beginning. I think they should have started, like slowly built their way up, you know, and they came and they sort of booted like half the staff over there at Chivas, people that have been there for a long time, and you have all these Dutch coaches working there. It's just, you know, it was just disaster, man. Even Hans told them, like, you have to keep some Mexicans, dude. And <laughs> that that thing just didn't last. Who knows what it was like? But you know what like, they say that your boy Vergara would interfere with everything. Oh, that's so here. Yeah, he yeah. always did that, man. Yeah. And I think that's probably like one of their main problems. Like, like if they would have done that to any other team, I'm pretty sure if no one interfered, I'm pretty sure they. Because I think like the perfect like uh, like a uh, comparison. 
would be like Mexican football. If I had to compare it to like a European version of it, I'd probably say it'd be like the Dutch version, don't you think? I mean, the, the Dutch soccer. You mean like style-wise or what? Yeah, I mean, yeah, style-wise. And like, I mean, anytime you send like a, it's, it's apples and oranges, but every time, most of the time we send like a player to to the to Netherlands, for the most part, they succeed, don't you think? Yeah, we've had a good success rate. Uh, Guardado, Moreno, you've had uh, Salcido, Massa, Chucky. And Lozano, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and right now we're seeing Edson, Stud, and uh, and Guti. I, I think he's very overrated, man. I don't like how he plays. Who, Guti? Yeah, I think he's very overrated. I think he's just a Pachuca hype job. Yeah, I just you know I I like to have I like to have competition he needs to be in though. What? He needs to be in Chiva. <laughs> Well, we have a connection with PSV, so we'll see what happens with that. Not really sure what exactly they can bring to the table, you know, because we can't buy foreign players. So this is more of PSV taking advantage of us, in my opinion. Um, well, I mean, if, if anything, if I'm QS to PSV, I have that connection. I would, I would try to overhaul like the whole youth system and kind of see exactly. pattern it yeah. after them. I don't know if they would do something like that. I think Leaño was the one in charge. I don't even know what happened. The club never really fired him. I don't know what's going on. He's still collecting a check. I... He's giving them money. Come on, man. All these reporters, they don't want to say it. They want to get sued. Yeah, That's what's like... going on there. He's giving it's, them money. It's That's true. What... Well, his family, you know. Leaño, that was just a junior that was like, he was a lot of things going on with his Instagram. It's Maestro Albañil, Greek God. That Greek God is my favorite one. Mine is the Maestro Albañil, the shirtless construction worker. Hey, man. I can't wait for his life, dude. I can't wait for him. Hey, who wouldn't do what he did? Seriously. You're, you're, I, I would have done that, dude. Buddies, you're right. Jaime would have kicked Buse in the ass and been like, all right, I got this. <laughs> I played and FIFA. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, would have done what he did. I, I can't hate that guy too much. Well, but I got to call you out. Well, I, I got to call you out on your Buse love, man. That guy's a dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> like, look, look at what happened in Monterrey. He got... He got but, uh, styled on by San Luis. I but I do I feel I feel um well there's no denying he hasn't been like successful in probably since what he won the Copa MX with Querétaro. He hasn't really mm -hmm. been to the point when he was at at Monterrey and got the whole Rey Midas. Um but but I would say like with what happened at Monterrey, I, I feel like that that the locker room could be broken. Because, I mean, Aguirre couldn't even yeah, do that much team with them. That, that team needs uh, to be blown up. I agree with you there. Yeah, he goes to Mallorca, a team that had lost six straight, and he saves them from relegation. And it's like, he's a hero there right now. Uh, but I, I think, like, at Chivas, and I know the fans hated him, 
but his numbers were good. Like, like if you see his numbers of like percentage and how many points he did, um, you know, silver on numbers and then the number of players he debuted, I the number of minutes, yeah. the number of minutes he gave of it was, and I don't have it with me. There's a list of how many canteranos he would play per game. And how many minutes they I, I disagree there because what he did to Nene Beltran is criminal. I was about to say well, that. That's one. <laughs> hey, he can't get it all right. He's not perfect. But Obviously. overall, he, he did give to a lot. Like Perez, that was became one of the good. He he gave a lot. I know he wasn't his favorite, but um, he did give a lot of playing time to a lot of these players. But, I mean, that always happens where we see a one player under one coach he could be doing good, and then another coach comes, and then they just like they disappear. And Beltran just like he called him out, bro. Like, in, in oh, the, he did after that one. Like, you know, like that was it. Obviously, affected him so much. Mm-hmm. Well, Busa turned out to be right, though. <laughs> in that last day, I mean, Rocha was all over. Saldivar <laughs> didn't let him do anything. I mean, he was right at the end of the day. I agree with your <laughs> I like those backhanded compl- uh, compliments, man. We need more of that. I do no, want to... I I, well, really quick, Jaime, yeah. I do think Buse, the verdict will be on him if he stays in Monterrey and what he does next season if they allow him uh, to... or they help him or they build a team for him. But I do think... Uh, there's been a lot of pressure on that dude. So I, I do think. I think he needs to retire. He's still there. He... <laughs> I mean, how much? How much more do you want him to build? Well, they got a they got a hell of a team already. No, but we water? talked about how it, if it's broken, if there's players that are just causing you, you, problems. You, you think they'll get rid of that many players? I mean, it looks well, like sometimes, a... sometimes it's just one or two or. You know, doesn't have to be half of the squad. I just want to know what Rodolfo Pizarro is doing to get called. Oh, man, that guy's such a scrub, man. I can't believe you guys hype him up, man. Who? Who's hyping him up, bro? No one's hyping him up. He's like the very, very slow version of, like, Grillish from Manchester (laughs) City. He's like the the dummy version of him. Like, like, he's... like you see how he plays, like like he he has like predictable play. He tries to play like he's fast. I mean, if you get what I'm saying, he's a Jack Grillish Sunday pub player. Exactly. Yes. But and what he's, he's doing? Legend, but he's a legend achiever. What he's doing uh, to continue to get called up for the national team is uh, I need an explanation for that. His agent. Yeah. Well, boys. Yeah, that that a lot of times. They got Gallardo. They got all those Monterrey guys. They're getting. I mean, they they know who to butter up. Yeah. Yeah, imaging rights is a big factor into the national team. Uh, They will be competing in the Nations League this season, Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, they do have an upcoming friendly against Nigeria. Uh, this week, so we'll see how it goes for that. Uh, we're almost That's at the killing Mexican soccer. <laughs> we're almost at the two-hour mark, so I am gonna end this. But uh, I do want to hear your closing thoughts, uh, predictions for the Atlas Pachuca match. We can start with you, Ricardo. 
Uh, Atlas is going to body Pachuca. They got the big center backs. Uh, Pachuca got lucky against uh, San Luis. They should have lost that. They they got the fair calls against. They got the lucky calls against uh, America. Even, yeah, I'll still, yeah, they robbed America. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna deny it. They robbed America. And I think uh, Atlas is gonna stop on them watch, and they're gonna win the B Campeonato. And the Chivas fans are gonna hate, and but they'll never get close to it. Joel, <laughs> <laughs> what you got for us? I'm gonna say I agree with Ricardo, uh, except for the hate. <laughs> it's it's still two two against twelve, so they're like there's that ten. 10 championship window there. Um, but I, I, I do think, but I, I mean, regardless, I think it should be a really good, a good matchup, like entertaining. Yeah. So it looks like all three of us have Atlas winning this thing. Uh, we'll see what happens. You know, you still got to play the games, but you got was the best team in the league. Uh, as far as uh, regular season goes. And I just hope that it's entertaining. That's all I can the ask Ligue for. Has been, the league has been entertaining so far. I mean. It has been. I, I, I think it's been one of the best league years in a couple of years, honestly. I agree. Yeah, especially um, that Tigres game. God damn, that was a great no. game. But I enjoy when Atlas beat Chivas, honestly. well boys i'm setting off for tonight want to thank everyone for participating in our twitter spaces and the youtube chat and uh let us know your predictions on, on twitter on ig and we will catch you guys in the next one peace